Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. The Holy Gospel according to John chapter 20, beginning at verse 19. We pick up on, the sto- on that first Easter Sunday. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and through believing you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, O Christ. Christ. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our risen Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So for the last seven weeks throughout Lent and Easter, many of you have been with us for at least some of those weeks, we've been using a theme called Seeking. And maybe you remember me saying one of the things that I appreciate about this theme is that the artists provide art for each week and they reflect uh, visually on each week's scripture readings. We have finished the series. That does not mean that all of our questions are answered. That does not mean we are done seeking. It does mean there is no art provided for today's story of Doubting Thomas. And generally, it's not actually true today, but generally the Sunday after Easter is known as Low Sunday and has the lowest attendance of the church year. So I figured I'd be safe today to ask you to do something maybe a little bit uncomfortable and, you know, not scare anybody away. And since we don't have any art today, I want to invite you to make your own art. So take your paper plate. Hopefully you got one when you came in. If not, uh, there's a few more in back. Um, Tom has them. They'll catch his attention if you need one. Or if you're watching at home, take a piece of paper. And I want you to draw out the gospel story. Illustrate this story. Draw a picture of the story we just heard, that Doubting Thomas story. (laughs) 
and stick people are fine. That's what I'll be drawing. But who was there? What did they do? What's happening in the story? And I'll give you a few minutes. There's pencils in the rack in front of you. Draw out this gospel story. And then after a few minutes, if you're willing, I'll ask you to turn and to share it with somebody near you. All right, because I'm curious, by show of hands, how many of you included more than, more than three people in your drawing? Few, okay, about half, interesting. How many of you included Jesus in your drawing? Kind of a main character in the story, but you could draw a part where he's not in the room. How many included Thomas? So did you draw the first time or the second time that Jesus was there? Did any of you include the locked door? A couple, okay, two. So usually when I talk about this story, I focus on how unfair it is that for 2,000 years, poor Thomas has been stuck with this label of doubter just for asking some questions, just for having some common sense skepticism. What do you mean he's alive? I didn't see anything. I need to see it to believe it. Doubts are part of faith. But we've been talking about questioning for weeks now. And so today I want to go a totally different direction with this story and focus on that locked door. At the end of the service today over at Living Hope, we're dedicating the new front doors that they put in. And there are not a lot of places that the Bible talks about physical, tangible doors. So I'm, going, I'm working with what I've got here. So like I said, this story takes place on that first Easter evening. And so by this point in the day, the male disciples have heard from the women that Jesus is alive, but they have not personally seen him. And a couple of them, Peter and John, have gone and seen the empty tomb and the cloths lying there, but they're still not sure what exactly to make of it, not sure if they quite believe the women's testimony. And so here they are, all gathered together in a house, all of them except for Thomas, who's out doing something. I've always wondered if maybe he's going to get some groceries or providing for them, doing something tangible. He's the practical one, right? But the rest of them are gathered together in a house, and they have the doors locked for, the, for fear of the Jews. And remember, as you, hear Jesus, as you hear John writing this story, use that word Jews, he really means the religious leaders, the political authorities, not the entire Jewish people. Jesus was Jewish. All of the people gathered in that room that night are Jewish. They're afraid of the political leaders, the religious leaders, the people with power, and they have good reason to be afraid, good reason to lock those doors, keep everybody else out. When the leader of your religious movement is killed, arrested, publicly killed, crucified by the state, and you're in his inner circle, fearfully hiding in a locked room is a perfectly rational response. I wonder, though, what their plan for the future is. And I suspect they're so confused by the roller coaster of a week that they've had going from that triumphal entry into Jerusalem with cheering crowds and celebrations and song, and a few days later, Jesus arrested, betrayed, and, and crucified. I suspect they are so traumatized by what's happened that these people gathered together that night simply don't know what they're going to do. They're tired. They're afraid. 
And they just want to stay together, circle the wagons, try to stay safe, process together what's happened. And that is okay. I think in their shoes, all of us would do the same. But eventually, they're going to need to unlock the door. Eventually, they're going to need to go out into the world. And of course, they do. We know where the story's going. In our first reading from Acts, we heard Peter preaching to a crowd of people, telling them this good news of Jesus, who is dead and now is alive, proclaiming God has raised him from the dead. And all of us are witnesses. And that sermon, he's preaching on Pentecost. That's only 50 days after Easter. Somehow, in that 50 days, that seven weeks, Peter and the rest of the disciples did unlock the door. They left their safe house, and they started proclaiming the good news. So what happened? What changed? Well, obviously, as we just heard, Jesus came in to where they were hiding, Jesus ignores the barriers that they have set up, ignores the walls and the locks, and he comes to them as they are hiding in fear. He breaks into their isolation. And when he comes in, he tells them three things. First, he says, peace be with you. In fact, during this reading, he says it not just once, he says it three different times. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. What does peace look like? How would you draw that picture? For the disciples, I think peace looks like forgiveness and hope. Because imagine the guilt these disciples must be feeling at this point. Not only was their leader dead, but just before he died, they had all let him down. They'd misunderstood him at the Last Supper. They'd fallen asleep while he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. When the soldiers came and arrested him, they all ran away. Peter denied him three times. But Jesus refuses to give up on them. Peace be with you. Be forgiven. Be reconciled. And peace means hope. They don't have to be afraid anymore. Even when we try to close ourselves off from the world, hiding in fear, Jesus, the risen Jesus, finds his way in. And not only is Jesus showing them that he is alive, not only is he proving the resurrection, he's also giving them a mission. That's the second thing that he says to them. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. He calls them to unlock the door and go out through it. Step out beyond your safe comfort zone and proclaim this good news to the world. Invite people to know the peace that comes only from God. Welcome them into the community of faith through the doors of our building to join us in praising God, to join us in doing God's work. Continue Jesus' mission to the world. And that call, of course, is for us as well. In fact, later in this reading, Jesus prays for us. Did you catch that? 
After, John, after Thomas touches his wounds and is convinced that it really is Jesus, he really is alive there in the room with them, Jesus says, Have you believed because you have seen? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Sisters and brothers in Christ, we are who Jesus is talking about. You and I are a part of this story. We are in the picture too. And then verse 22, the third thing Jesus says to them. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. They are not sent out alone into the dangerous world. God goes with them. The Holy Spirit is empowering them, filling them. The Holy Spirit's presence is what makes that difference, what transforms them from fearful followers into bold apostles. How about you? What doors is God calling you to unlock and step through, empowering you to go through? Where is Jesus breaking into your life, offering peace? And what might that peace, what might that mission look like for you? I invite you to join me in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for the promise of your Holy Spirit, your presence with us. This morning, we pray that you would open our doors, open the doors of our hearts, tear down the barriers that we erect, that we would receive you in faith. Call us out beyond the doors of our church building, onto the path of life to share your good news with our neighbors. And make our doors always open to those who are seeking you. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaukee County, you can visit our websites at livinghopesockville.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.